Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard's Watch, where we watch Blizzard, and we've got a lot to watch coming up this week because BlizzCon's in like two weeks. Oh my god. I cannot believe that this is happening, even though it happens every BlizzCon, and I should really see it coming. Hi, I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this week are two going-to-get-to-go-to-BlizzCon co-hosts. I, I won't be going, so they're going to get to go, and they're going to get to cover it. And first up, she's already planning like how to pack up her car and stick knee. What's up, Ann? Mostly it involves piling things in the back. See, I don't think your car has infinite space in the back. Um, Well, I once packed an apartment in it, so... Well, an apartment's worth of stuff. Anyway... <laughs> It has it has more room than you would think. Not for furniture, but for things and suitcases, it should be just fine. Um, yeah, so it's like a, two weeks to BlizzCon. No, it's not even two weeks to BlizzCon. BlizzCon is next week. Like when? Next Friday? It's like a week from Friday, yeah. So, you know, like to 11 days or something. I don't know. That yeah. Would, it would take All I know is that to explain it, and I'm from the humanities. By this time next week, I will be driving through the desert somewhere with Alex and Mitch in my vehicle. Hopefully not driving me nuts because I have the power to leave them in the desert. <laughs> no, really, we're going to have a great time. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> Remember to find a swimming pool. While you're a away. swimming pool. We need to find a swimming pool. It's time, Mitch. <laughs> anyway. So uh, also with us is Alex Zbart, who will be in that car driving through the desert, hopefully not looking for any horses without names. Alex, what are you up to? Um, you know, you said we get to go to BlizzCon. Uh, after doing it for so many years, I don't think of it as get to go to BlizzCon. I have to go to BlizzCon. It's yeah, just, I'm just, that's I can't. the way so it is. If I got yeah. to go, then I would probably start to feel about it that way, but I've never been, so. Yeah, um, after so many years, it's like, oh, it's another BlizzCon. Cool, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to inevitably getting lost in the Mojave Desert. Um, if we're going through Arizona it's going to be real hard <laughs> yeah I mean per, the only difference is we get lost in Arizona this time instead of what we'll get lost what, in the Grand Creek? Canyon it'll be great <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Why do you guys go to Arizona? Isn't that further south? Yeah, it is. Because like we've that... already been through like Utah and Nevada. Like we make that trip every year. So we're going someplace different this year just for funsies. Yeah, there are only so many times you can stop at an alien themed jerky store in the middle of nowhere before you've seen it. Eventually it gets old, weirdly enough. And you wouldn't think that from the name of it. I'm willing to believe you that the alien themed jerky store is not necessarily fresh to you at this point. No. I mean, it's called Alien Fresh Jerky, so But we stop there like we we stop there like every year and, you know, I um, will actually kind of miss going to that place because it's bizarre, but that's okay. We'll it's find okay. Some other strange thing. We're going to get to show Mitch hole in the rock and I think that's going to be worth everything in the world. So there's that. Cool. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, I guess at this point we should probably talk about top stories. And whilst BlizzCon is in a couple of weeks, less than two weeks at this point, um, we probably should mention because patch 7.1, because if you're listening to this live, patch 7.1 just dropped today. And if you listen to it recorded, patch 7.1 dropped when we were recording this. Uh, so, yeah, lots of stuff happening. Um, I really, I mean, Karazhan is out, the uh, the dungeon, which means you're probably trying to attune yourself to it possibly right now while I'm talking. Um, there's more Suramar storyline, there's more world quests, there's Falcosaurs, which everyone expects me to be super excited about, but I'm not, sorry. But, you know, it's cool. The problem is, is quite simply, the Falcosaur quest is so ridiculously elaborate that I'm thinking to myself, it's going to be a while before I get that done, so I'm not bothering. Okay, but it's a feathered dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, but it's got a it's got a bird face. It doesn't have a fully dinosaurian face. But Okay, well, I'm all over getting one of those because yeah. they're downright adorable, it's... so... It, they're like chocobos, but not as cool as the ones that Blood Elves already have. See, I disagree with you there. They're much cooler than what the Blood Elves currently have. The Blood Elves currently have a terrible thing that is pointless to ride. Yeah, the Hawk Striders are kind of like big dumb birds. These guys are pretty cool. I ha- Look, I have the White Hawk Strider. It is my favorite mount. I have it too, and it looks awful. Um, but the best. Why but is it your favorite? <laughs> because it's not enormous. It's not hideous. It's just a cool bird. And it looks like it's going to break any second if anything other than a blood elf is on it. It looks like you're doing horrible things to it. So no, you're, you're just wrong. It's fine. Uh, Look, the, the ostr- reason- ostriches and emus are terrifying in real life, and it's basically an elegant emu or ostrich. See, you, if you had mentioned the crane mount from Pandaria, that's even better than the stupid Hawkstrider mounts. But I that's digress. fancy. The, the real problem I have with the Falcosaur isn't the mount itself. The model is fine. I think it looks great. It's... Purely the fact that the grind is so excessively hard. And not just, not hard as in, oh god, I can't figure out how to do this. Hard as in, you look at it and go, okay, I'm going to be doing this for a very long time. That it feels like I might as well wait until I have nothing else to do to start doing this. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you see what I'm saying? That, that to me is the problem. The is problem it like so. the White Raptors and Mist? Way worse. Oh, the White Ra- boy. We- we did the White Raptor for my for my wife, and that really was just, ultimately, after a while, it was just kill enough dinosaurs. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was a grind. This isn't a grind. This is do this quest, then do this quest, then do this quest, then do this thing, and then wait around, and then do this quest, and then do this quest. And then, like, we, we do a, a speed-up thing where you hear my voice going really fast, and you guys talk about stuff for about five minutes, and then I come back, and I still, and do this quest, and do this quest. That's how <laughs> long that that takes. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things that um at, at the start of an expansion you're like no never I'm gonna do this other really cool stuff and then towards the end of the expansion you're like oh I'm out of cool stuff I guess I'll get this mount now yeah that's my take on it. The- well I think it looks cool 
it's a very very cool looking mount. I will totally give you that. It's much closer to what you know the the various Raptorian dinosaurs should look like. Um, it actually looks to me a lot like what a Dakota the Dakota Raptor would look like. But it is. I just look at that grind and I think, man, I got like I got mythics to do. I got Suramar to finish up. I've got like you know want to get Karazhan unlocked at some point. I I want to work on raiding. I have a raid tonight. It's just like, yeah, I just I don't know how I'm gonna work this in. Yeah. yeah, see, I don't have any of that. I just have quests. I'm doing a lot of quests. So the prospect of doing a lot of quests for a cool dinosaur, feathered dinosaur, pfft, yeah, I'll go do that. That's cool. I'll just add it to my repertoire of various things that I'm doing. Um, speaking of which, I'm trying to finish Suramar so that I can move on with Suramar. But beyond that, apparently there's continuation going on to the whole light bulb in your basement, lights heart thing with Illidan, um, there's like a continuation of that story chain. So you show up and the thing has another quest for you. Um, I logged on long enough, long enough to just like get that quest, see that I had to go to the coast and went, okay, well I need to log off now because I have other things to do because BlizzCon is coming up. <laughs> have you done any of it, Rossi, at all? No, I, I haven't logged on today at all because I... Days of the patch like this, I, I, I said to myself, okay, what are my chances of being able to do anything? And listening to Alex, my chances of being able to do anything are extremely slim, so I haven't bothered to log on. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. I mean, it's, Alex, it's you should impossible. talk about this. Yeah, yeah talk, uh, talk about the problem you're having. CRZ appears to be much more widespreadly. Is that a word? Widespreadly? Just widespread. Would work. Well, no, because it's wi- widespread enabled. It doesn't work. Anyway, uh, CRZ has turned on the Broken Isles far beyond it. Ha- anything it has been before uh it's it's completely normal for me to see like sisters of Valoon people because i play in standard circle and the two servers are basically permanently connected um but every rp realm seems to be merged today since the patch and uh every single questing area is a sea of people to the point my fps drops to half and i can't see anything or tag anything it's pretty bad, and I hope it's accidental and not intentional. Consequently, I feel like we're going to have a long list of hotfixes enabled tonight. <laughs> yeah, almost certainly. Probably. <laughs> it's, it's playable. I'm not like, oh, CRZ, broken game. It's just, it is act- actively a little bit frustrating to get anything done with it turned did, on. Did you figure out what was going on with the whole weapon being drawn thing? Um, apparently it doesn't happen on for everyone. But okay. it does happen for a lot of people. I don't know if it's a platform thing. Like, I don't know if it's Windows, Mac, or... Okay, explain this error, because it's actually pretty comical. Whatever hotkey you have bound to sheathing or unsheathing your weapon, if you push it, your client crashes. The default is Z, so if I push Z, my client crashes. You can still attack things. Like, the actual act of the weapon coming out doesn't do it. It's just hitting that no, spot. No, it's just, if like, if you are standing around, like, in town, and your weapon is out... And you're like, oh, I don't want to walk around with my weapon flailing everywhere, and you want to put it away, and you hit Z, your game crashes. Uh, if you, if it just comes out in combat, that's fine. If you intentionally push that hotkey to bring it out or put it away, yeah, it crashes. Here, here's my question. If you just type the letter Z in the chat box, like you're going to say it, oh, somebody in the chat channel just tried it out for themselves, and apparently it does crash. Um if if you're just typing in the chat box and you type a word that happens to have a Z in it, is that also crashing your client or is it? Well, I pushed Alt-Z to turn off my UI because we're streaming right now. Yes. And that didn't crash it. Okay. All right. 
So it's the actual it's the actual sheath the weapon function. Yeah, I don't think it's the Z key because I think if you rebind it to like A or S or B or whatever, it'll do it. It's it's the actual act of trying to sheath your weapon. So and if you if you make a macro that triggers (laughs) the action of sheathing your weapon, it will not crash. It's just the hotkey. It's if you use the hotkey bound to that action, it will crash. That's so randomly specific. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> so uh, one yeah, of the you other can things... see Z. I just did it. Yeah, one of the other things that popped up today. Well, it actually, they mentioned it last night, and I thought that that was kind of interesting because. Um, I didn't even know that this was like coming and I don't think anybody did. They added this thing called a quick join feature. Yeah. That, that I wrote the post about that today. That's pretty messed up. It's pretty interesting. I'm not entirely sure how it works. Alex, I know I played with it. I know it's there. Can you see it on your screen? Cause I know you've got the game open because you're streaming while, like while chat. we're recording this, obviously somebody, somebody in chat did just say I alt Z during fighting Arthas and I was crying and it crashed. So maybe it'll crash now when I turn my UI back on. Uh Oh, oh it didn't. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, apparently you can see friends who have queued for select eligible content within your social tab. So there's like a quick join tab in there yeah, and there's a quick join tab, but nobody on my friends list is doing anything right now. Okay. Well, According to what that is, or or according to the post here, what that is, is like you can basically you'll it it says you'll be able to quickly and easily see friends who have queued for select eligible content within your social tab in the quick join tab. You'll also be able to recommend others by using slash invite to join the group, even if they aren't already friends with the group leader. Additionally, friends won't need to leave their queue to add you and will receive a join request that they can either accept or deny for each additional member. So it's basically like a really quick way to group up with your friends and everything. And that works with pre-made groups, LFR, LFD, non-rated battlegrounds and arenas, and world PvP, like Ashran, that kind yeah, of thing. I think it's cool. And for like 99% of people, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just queuing for a dungeon, and somebody who happens to be my friends list is like, I'm going to join you, we're going to talk and be social, like... I was queuing by myself for a reason. I'm sorry. I love you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, is there a way to turn that off? Because usually when I'm like running around doing world quests or things like that and working by myself, it's because I don't want to be social. (laughs) It's like, look, dear friend of mine, if I wanted to do dungeons with you, I would have asked. (laughs) That's an interesting thing to think about, though. Yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, Alex is assuming that when he's in the mood, that they'll be ready when in reality they might be <laughs> no i asked you and you said no now i don't want to run with you that's, it is it's interesting yeah. to think about like the whole social dynamics of this i don't mean that I, i'm not picking on alex here someone actually said the first comment i think on the original article that blizzard put up was someone saying can this be turned off because a lot of times blizzard comes up with these ideas that they think are awesome and they never occurs to them yes it's an awesome idea but yeah some it, of us I mean, might I not think... want this it's a symptom of the whole always connected, always online social media thing. Uh, people want to like the the consumer wants to only engage with that by choice. Like they want to be there when they want to be there. It's an active thing they want to do. Like today I'm going to be social. Today I'm going to hang with my friends. Today I'm going to make tweets. But the companies making these products want people to be pulled in more and more and automate friendships more. It's like uh. 
like anything from like LinkedIn or Facebook. LinkedIn is like, check out these 73 people you may know. It's like, I don't know 73 people, period. I can't possibly know them. Don't automate my ability to make connections with like professional people. Like I have no, I have no idea who these people are that you want me to talk to or talk about. Or Facebook, like, did you check out your third cousin's post on their wall today? It's like, no, because I don't care about my third cousin. They're not even my friend on Facebook. <laughs> like, you only know this because you've data mined my entire lineage. Here's the problem that I have with this. And it's a minor problem, and I wouldn't even call it a problem with the feature. Because I think the feature is great. And I mean, yes, that would be perfectly viable for a lot of people who are looking for like people to do mythos, mythics with and that kind of thing where they don't necessarily want to throw themselves in with a bunch of anonymous strangers, but they still want a group to do the mythic thing. Okay, that I get and, and uh, that I get in its usefulness and everything. It's that they keep introducing these social features like this and they have yet to give us an option to appear offline. Like, if we yeah. don't want yeah. to engage socially, there's no way to turn that off. There's no way to turn off that friends list. There's no way to log on and say, yeah, I don't want to be seen today. So, you know, just like quick drop down, appear offline. It doesn't look like you're online at all. And you can just play in silence. You know what the weird thing is, though? And that's something that people have been asking for for like years, years yeah, I, and years. <laughs> I think there's an actual weird consequence to them not giving it to us. What's that? In when do I talk to you or you, Alex, on in game? How During the live stream. Yeah. But I even then we don't even type in game. We're talking on Skype. <laughs> I have I have a lot of friends on my real ID slash battle tag, and I never talk to any of them because I have no idea if they want to be spoken to or not. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. occasionally I might talk in guild because that's just talking to the wind. And if someone feels like responding, they can. And if they don't, well, I'm talking to, I'm talking in green text, but I don't whisper people very often at all. And I feel like it's because I, I can never know if I'm intruding. I never talk to anyone. So I have this friends list full of people and I just went online just to, to look to see if I could find the quick join thing, but nobody was doing anything. Um, so I couldn't, all I could do is send Alex a weird little whisper and then leave. Yeah, I was uh, wondering what that was about. <laughs> yeah, you know, but how I don't do that. I don't talk to you. Like occasionally, like I might talk to you if it's something work related, and I can't yeah, get. I think no we've had some like late night conversations about stuff, but it's like once in a blue moon. Yeah, like I think we, the only time the last time we did it was the weird thing with Rage Generation. Yeah, when we we're trying to figure yeah. out what the heck was going on. And yeah, you that's... and I will occasionally like poke around about lore stuff but we did that way more often when we were actually gilded together and on the same server because we don't because you never know you never know if the person is just trying to do their own thing what right. they're up to. so like it's become like default that you don't talk to them it's really strange to think about like it actually might make people more off more willing to engage if they could turn it off but because they can't turn it off there's always that feeling of reticence it's one of the reasons i don't talk to people because i have no yeah. idea yeah I mean, something, what I suspect is going to happen with me is there's a, a lot of people on my friends list that I don't talk to that often, but we will still, like, I don't even necessarily know them very well, but we knew each other at some point or worked together or were gilded one point back in the past. And I don't dislike them at all. So I was like, okay, if we talk now and then, all right. But if they start, like, quick joining every freaking time I'm queuing for a dungeon or something in the event that happens i'm going to call friends 
I don't need all of you intruding on me just wanting to silently do some stuff. I have like a lot of people on my friends list that are kind of like the same way. It's like acquaintances that I've found or just like friends that I talk to outside of the game and we've been added inside the game and maybe we talk to each other once in a blue moon and that's it. Uh, And it's like, I'm okay with that level of, yeah, we'll talk to each other if we have something to say. But the whole, I don't know. I just, I wish that there was some way to flag your account as like, I'm here or I'm not here. I'm invisible. I'm AFK. Something they've had like in AOL instant messenger since it came out. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I think almost every instant messenger program has something along those lines. Heck, Skype has one of those things where it's like, yes, I'm here or no, I'm not here. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's like the battle has the like red light, yellow light, green light thing. So you can set yourself away or busy. Well, I'm looking at the Skype drop down right now. I'm looking at it in the program and there's an option for online. There's one for away. There's one for do not disturb. And there's one for invisible. Why don't we have that? Invisible would be really nice. It would be fantastic. But again, this isn't to say that this isn't a good idea or good feature. Yeah, this is no diss on the quick join thing because the quick join thing is pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. It's just. Yeah, I was just pointing out in chat. Steam has it. And I love that Steam has it. Like, and yes, I'm Origin playing... does have it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I use I use Origin for like two games. Right. Steam well, they, they mentioned games. it in, in chat there. They said Steam has it. I think Origin does too. And yes, Origin does. So In Steam, it's awesome because if I'm just playing like a game where you just dink around, you don't think about it too hard, and somebody wants to talk to me, okay, I'll talk. If I'm playing like a super story-based game and I don't want people sending me stupid messages and pinging me in the middle of a cutscene or whatever... Uh, invisible never gonna bother me again yeah i will come off of invisible when i'm done doing this thing i want to focus on yeah it's just it's just weird to me that they keep you know they're continually adding more social aspects to things like they added the whole facebook integration so you can stream and things like that obviously there's a twitter twitter integration so you can go ahead and share things which i use fairly frequently anytime i take a crazy screenshot i usually post it to twitter because that's just fun yeah but in adding all of this stuff, they've never looked at it and gone, oh, yeah, maybe we should, like, add this thing that people have been asking for for years and years and years. Yeah, the Twitter thing is probably the least intrusive thing they've added. And I really like yeah. how they integrated that. Yeah, because it's an opt-in kind of thing. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the Facebook streaming. It's kind of like an opt-in thing. If you don't if you don't hook it up to your Facebook account, then you're never going to do anything, you know. Yeah, I hate Facebook on principle, so whenever something <laughs> just says Facebook on it, I go into convulsions. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's it's just one of those things where it's like I kind of wish that we had that other option. Again, every time they introduce a new social thing, it makes me go, "Well, why haven't they added that other thing that everybody really wants?" <laughs> That's often a question. Yeah. She probably, I mean, let me think. We should probably talk about at least BlizzCon a little bit. Yes. Because um, you guys are going to be, I, I think we should talk about what you guys are going to be doing because that's important. Uh, next week, we're not going to be doing the podcast because no. you guys are going to be on the road. So why don't you guys talk about that? We are departing on Monday morning and we will be driving to California. And we're going to be driving through the desert. Um, I think we're going to be out of like cell phone signal for a good chunk of it, but we're hoping, or at least I'm hoping, I'm trying to push for this. Um, I would like to do at least one or two Periscope podcasts while we're on the road, just because 
that would be fun. So if you're not following Blizzard Watch on Twitter, you probably should. It's just at Blizzard Watch because um, if it pops up, it'll pop up over there. Um, other than that, I think we're going to do like a podcast at whatever hotel we try and stop at. But it's not going to be a live one because we're not going to have the bandwidth to stream live. Right. But we will record a show and we will release it. I mean, hotel Wi-Fi is always questionable, but we also don't know what hotels are staying on the road either. So we're uh, winging it, it this time. We're totally winging it. Like I haven't made any reservations for the way out there. We're just going to find what we can find. It's going to be great. I mean, it's entirely possible we end up in a tent in the desert and like no. heading off wildlife. If nothing else, we'll find like a KOA campground and rent a tiny cabin. <laughs> <laughs> But the best part is we're going to be on the road during Halloween, so I'm kind of hoping that maybe um, I can get some like scary story podcasts downloaded to my phone, and we can listen to those on the road and just terrify each other. It'll be great. And and Anne and I have been having uh, minor disagreements about how to do these podcasts, but yeah, you want Periscope, and uh, I don't basically. But he I wants will. a dash cam, and I don't know why he wants a dash cam because I we're... just thought it'd be really cool to re- record a podcast. And then we have, like, the road footage just in the background so people can watch it on YouTube and see the road while they listen. Or we can just also, like, get the sound file or whatever. Okay. Well, with periscopes, I'm not talking about recording a periscope for an hour. I'm talking about hopping on for, like, five, ten minutes. Showing yeah. people where we are. Showing them the view from the window. Going, wow, look look at the whole lot of nothing that's out here. I'm sure we will continue to debate this until the very moment we get a periscope. Probably. <laughs> So, All yeah, right. it's going to be me, Alex, and Mitch this year. Uh, also, next week, there will be no, obviously, there will be no live stream, um, leveling stream next week because we will, I think. That'll be the day before BlizzCon actually launches. So, yeah. I yeah, know. four out of five of us are going to be in Anaheim and away from any kind of computer that's capable of streaming, much less I mean, playing Warcraft. So I might, I might try to get them to tell me how to stream and then. I could stream just me doing dumb things for like two hours if you were that interested. <laughs> like Rossi doing dumb things, but I'm gonna level a I'm gonna level a Torin priest. Why? I don't know. It's but a thing to do. Two hours of that, me talking to myself. Like yeah, hey, what do you guys think? Oh, you're not here. I'm alone. <laughs> just uh, you can recruit a new group for the week. Um, yeah, and then obviously we're doing the regular kind of stuff. We're gonna have our live coverage as always. Um, People who are in town for BlizzCon on Thursday night, and Matt Lowe and I are doing a signing for about an hour at Con Before the Storm. Yay! That was fun last year. I enjoyed yeah. it. If you have uh, copies of the Ultimate Visual Guide or the Expanded Ultimate Visual Guide or, well, the Warlord's Adrenor Strategy Guide, I worked on that too. Anyway, we'll be signing all that stuff. So If, if you want to make Matt Lowe feel bad, call him Rossi a lot. He hates that. <laughs> People do this to him. I don't know how you confuse the two of us, man. But if you want to make him feel bad, it's real. Er- you guys do not look like even a little. I mean, I guess you're you both know, from Canada, but that's about it. And I'm not even really from Canada. Yeah, I know, but you both live there, so I don't look like him. I don't sound like him. I, there's really nothing. First name, and that's it. But you're yeah, both you, mats from the same website. Good yeah. enough. Well, there was that period of time where we had like what five. Something like that. And there was a lot. There was a lot of mats. But yeah, so you 
You want to make him feel bad? There you go. That's how you do it. Or, or get, try to ask him about Ghostbusters. I don't think he's seen that yet. So, yeah, do that too. He hasn't, and I'm going to, like, really nag him about it again this year. And we're not talking about, like, the reboot Ghostbusters. We're talking about the original Ghostbusters. He's never seen it. I think she's rent both and just make him watch them at some point. Okay. We could, probably. I mean, I yeah. would sooner make him watch the original Ghostbusters and then Ghostbusters 2 because it has that whole bit in there with, like, VJ and the, why am I dripping with goo? That oh, was, no, like, I, great. I, I meant the remake, but, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm more forgiving of Mitch not having seen some of these because he's a baby and they were all created before he was. But <laughs> Maticus doesn't really have an excuse like that. But even then, it's like classic films. Come on. <laughs> Uh, so the official BlizzCon app has actually been updated for 2016 now, and it has the schedule floor map and like a news feed with the latest updates and that kind of thing for cell phones. It also has a new feature. So if you're attending BlizzCon, this feature might actually like really interest you. It's called Blink Shopping, and it lets you place merchandise orders online before the convention, and then you just sort of walk in and pick them up while you're there. I actually hate this. Yeah. Because my way of getting merch previous years was to find some sucker that was going to go stand in line and say, hey, can you also get this thing and I'll pay for it afterwards. <laughs> but um, if they've already ordered their stuff before the convention, I, I have nobody that'll do that for me. And I'm too busy to go stand in line myself. See, I'm going to probably like utilize that. And then like during the, the closing ceremonies or something where I'm not really invested in what's going on, I'll go down there and pick up my stuff. Have they announced the band yet? No. Nope. That's that's weird. It's it's a little weird. Yeah. Usually they do that by now. So I mean, it's just usually... gonna be maybe it's just gonna be like you know the elite tour and chieftain, and then we'll get to like see Mets in play or something. Yeah, it is a bit weird because usually it leaks out way ahead of time. Yeah. But then they announce it like a cu- a couple weeks or a few weeks beforehand, I think. And maybe they'll announce it in the next few days, or maybe they don't have a band. I don't know. I don't know. Um. I'm hoping that maybe, I mean, if they haven't announced anything official yet, I'm still kind of hoping maybe we'll get video games live in there to do that kind of thing because yeah. that's pretty fun. Um, and it's, I know it's not like an old school rock band or anything like that, but it's I a think, pretty cool experience, you know? I think video games live would be a nice change. And uh, I'm sure people are going to think I'm crazy about it, but I also see, like, I think it would be a really fun venue to have like an EDM DJ. Yeah. Well, we just talked to sure. Celestalon. He likes that stuff. That wouldn't be bad either. No. I mean, for some reason, uh, people slightly older than I am have like a horrible conniption fit when you mention EDM. Why? But <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. Okay. Uh, I'm I not slightly older than you. I'm much older than you, and I don't care. Um. Well, I'm basically basing this on comments, but I think it'd be a cool venue. And like BlizzCon's already, you know, it's all dark and like bright neon lights everywhere and they've and... got all the like the laser light show stuff going on in the main hall anyway so why not right. utilize it for a show like that it'd be fun right and it's it's more hip than um a band from like 25 years ago now keep in mind metallica was pretty cool yeah like it was cool when they did that that year <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying like i don't think all of the bands they've had are terrible that's ludicrous um some or most of them have been pretty great See now if they could get ludicrous now that would be that would be concept. cool too. Like I, I just want them to mix <laughs> it up a little bit. Either you know video games live or like a soundtrack general orchestra to do their game soundtracks or something different like EDM or sure hip hop. Yeah, go for it. Let's do something yeah. different. I don't know. Well, um, hmm. I I thought that they'd like announce it by now and they haven't. So that's weird. 
yeah, it is kind of strange, but okay. Um, I guess we're going to move on to emails at this point because it's getting to be kind of late in the show. Um, if you have an email you want to send to us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. You guys have been getting better about keeping the email short. I want to like, you know, say thank you for that. Still were a couple that were, I would have talked about them, but they were like a boat. They were like a giant boat, a giant boat of words. They were very large is what I'm saying. So if you can try and distill it down, that'd be great. It would be very helpful to us. Um, and reads them. So, you know, think of her and try and be nice and give her like, you know, short things that she can read so we can get to them. And now it's up to you, Anne. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, our first email doesn't actually have a name on it, unfortunately, but they say, Hi, guys. If Anduin doesn't get with making heirs soon, who is next in line to the throne of Stormwind? If you go by the movie, the line of Arathor has a claim, to Arathor at least, and I remember seeing a Paranold lurking in the castle for many years. Both Barov brothers are dead, and Gen wants no part in it. And that's the end of that email, which is actually a legit pretty good question. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, we don't know if the movie stuff is accurate to the game we don't know if varian is um anduin lothar's nephew or not um if he was that means that right now um uh, you know anduin anduin i can't I, I'm, there's two anduins here so i'm having trouble saying anduin Rin. uh anduin Rin would be the heir to the dynasty of he would be the last of the arathor that would actually give him a claim to strom he would actually have a better claim to it than galen trollban at this point because galen trollban is double dead Okay, but we're not talking about Storm oh, right that. now. We're talking about Stormwind. Like, who's next is, in line for Stormwind? Point is, nobody is. He has no heir. There's no direct line from him. Like, he's it. If Anduin dies, there's nobody. Unless there's another member of Lothar's family out there somewhere. Then that person would have a slight claim. Because that person actually has a claim to every human kingdom. Except, I think Dalaran would be the only one, because that one was always mages. But pretty much everything else, he'd have at least this. There was a point in time where they were all united, so he'd have a shot at all of them. But in terms of right now, there ain't anybody. There's nobody with a claim. Qualen points out in the chat channel, Kalia Menethil. Has no claim to Stormwind. Never has. Okay, but she's from a noble line, so theoretically? Mm, not really, no, because the, the Stormwind was founded by people who literally left to get away from Lord Iran and Strom and all of those kingdoms. They were like, nope, you guys don't know what you're doing. We're out. There's no connection. There's never been a connection between those royal families. The only reason that Anduin would have a claim on anyone is because he dates back all the way to when they were all unified kingdoms, if he's related to Anduin Lothar. Someone in the chat channel points out that they could see Jaina making a claim to the throne just because she's descended from royalty and was the leader of Theramore. I which... mean, that doesn't mean anything. It uh... doesn't... It you know she wouldn't be making a claim to the throne it would be more like who steps up to lead if anduin is not there yeah it's not at this point if anduin dies there's no direct heir that doesn't mean someone's not going to take over it just means they won't be in the line of succession it'll be a new dynasty at this point entirely it's sort of which, like when kalthos took off yeah exactly like right now lorthamar lorthamar is only not king because he won't call himself king he is, for all extents and purposes, the king of, of you know, the Cinderai. He just won't call himself that. He's the regent lord, and that's what he's going to continue calling himself. Yeah, I mean, the reason we don't know who would take over Stormwind if Anduin died without an heir is because they haven't developed the actual, like, Stormwind House of Nobles. Like they said, it exists. We know it exists. Who is part of it? What's their, like, pecking order? 
we have no idea. Uh, somebody yeah. from the House of Nobles in Stormwind would take over because they are the only people. One of them a was a dragon. It. That's about as much as we know about that particular yeah. organization. But like, we do you know, know we, we somebody do know... from. Go ahead. No, I was going to say we do know one thing about them. Uh, one person from them uh, named Mara Four Dragon we know about, and she was awesome. And she actually led, you know, she helped lead the people of Stormwind when when Anduin Lothar took them up to Lordaeron. She was the one that kept the children and everyone safe. Unfortunately, Mara Fordring's only heir is kind of busy right now, and I don't think the people of Stormwind would be too keen on a giant chunk of ice yeah. right in the throne room. Uh, the Lich King, we don't need him to rule Stormwind. That would that be, be kind of a terrible idea. It, <laughs> that means that like both the Alliance and the Horde would be led by an undead figure. <laughs> That's but just you, like that's 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 kind of a grim reality to look yeah. forward to. You, I don't think they're gonna do that. Vanilla, though. Come on, if you played it vanilla, doesn't some part of you have fond memories of of? I of mean, a yeah, strength? I like Boulevard Four Dragon. I don't really like the um controlling the endless masses of the undead and helping people create like weapons of death and destruction. Kind yeah, of thing. don't don't get me wrong. I loved Bolvar and I loved him to bits. And when Wrath of the Lich King came out and the whole Wrathgate thing went down, I was like so I I I don't devastated, I guess. I don't know. Because he was that dude. He was that he was that first dude that you encountered when you went to Stormwind. And yeah, sure, Andwin was there, but he was like a little boy. And the the lady that was standing there, she was kind of shady. However, Bolvar, Bolvar was like the the epitome of heroism. You know, you did that whole Anixia chain thing, and he fought off how many? There was like a dozen dragonkin or something that yeah. just sort of popped into the throne room, and you could stand back and just let him take them all down, and he would, because yeah, yeah. that and was just Bolvar. He was awesome. So when you when you did like Wrath, as you pointed out too, like he actually remembered it too. That was cool. Like he actually. Yeah, said, I loved that. I loved that. But yeah, Alex is right in that we don't really have anybody else from the House of Nobles. It's entirely possible the House of Nobles would have to pick a new dynasty. The Paranolds had no claim to Stormwind. They never did. They were The reason there was a Paranold lurking in the castle is because his dynasty had been overthrown during the Third War for being traitors. Yeah, um, and, and like pe- people keep, you know, they keep bringing up these you know, royalty from other kingdoms like Jaina or Gangreymane or whatever. I mean, they really don't have any like actual like bloodline claim to Stormwind. It's, a, I mean, that's kind of like taking a king of Australia and because they are a king in Australia, that means they can rule Mexico or whatever. Like that's, there's, they have nothing to do with each other. See, that's actually happened in real life. Like for instance, um, at least on a couple of occasions, you know, in England, for example, like the Hanoverans came over and ruled England, but they had a blood connection to the previous Royal house. Yeah. They didn't just show up going to wear King. So we'll be King here. Europe is Europe. um, I think every royal family in Europe is related in one way or another. So that's kind of different. That's why I picked Australia and Mexico because they're not in Europe. (laughs) Well, my point is just that you could establish that there had been, you know, you'd have to actually do it, but you could establish that there'd been intermarriage and these families were variously related. But for right now, we have not had that established. We don't know anything like that. That being said, we don't know what the line of succession is really. And there's no, royal family tree we can trace backwards or anything you know that being said though um it would be cool to see um tess graymane and anduin 
have a dynastic marriage just because I'd love it when Tess eventually bumps him off and takes over Stormwind. <laughs> <laughs> because she, she, you know, she's actually in a faction called the Uncrowned. Yeah. She, she's she's buddies with at least on a working relationship level with a certain Defias person who who we won't mention, but her last name is Van Cleef, and so there's at least that that amuses me to think about. But I don't. There's nothing. There's right now. Anduin has no heirs, and we have no established person who would take over. There's no anybody. It's just Anduin. That's that's it. Uh, his closest advisor is Velen. Yeah, the I, only reason why I say Jaina is just because Jaina knows how to lead. She was leading her own city for the yeah. longest time, and obviously, you know, she was the daughter of the Proudmore of you know Dalen Proudmore, so she's familiar with government. I mean, if she sat in on anything going on in Colteris, and why wouldn't she? Um, and she's got the education. So, I mean, she could do it. Would she? I don't know. I don't know. If she did, it wouldn't be as his heir. It would literally be she just took over. Yeah, it'd be no. like it'd be like the whole Lorthamar thing where somebody steps in, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Lorthamar was appointed, but I don't. It's just, it's weird to think about. But yeah, Anduin's it right now. Anduin is also, keep in mind that Anduin is like, I think he's 17, 18, something like that right now. So he's, getting an heir is not really like on high list of his priorities at this point in time. You are the king of like the last bastion of humanity. Yeah. Having heirs better be your priority. Well, that's like the most important thing to have right now. I don't care whole, how old you there's are. There's the whole fact of the matter that there's a lot of demons trying to like destroy the planet right now. Which is exactly why you get on that ASAP. What if <laughs> kills you? Yeah, he could. The thing is, is he doesn't have to sire them at this point. He could just appoint them. Yeah. yeah. He could just say, you know, okay. Um, in the event of, of my untimely yeah. demise, here's who I would like to step up in my place. Yeah, you and know, that, put in a contingency least... plan like like Kalthas did with Lorthamar, that kind of thing. All right. Well, um, whoever you are, thank you for the question. That resulted in some delightful discussion, anyway. And yeah, I guess Anwin should probably get on that. I don't know. Um, right, now, I... right now, his heir is Bolvar Four Dragon. I'm saying it. <laughs> Our next email is from Mezafen from Moodguard, who says, "Hi, Blizzard Watch, listening to the excuse me, listening to the question about dead demons in episode ninety-one made me think of an old friend, Varamothras. Surely he's got to come back during Legion at some point. His former boss, Sylvanas, is in a major role this expansion, and we're learning more about the Nazrathim with Lothraxian. Did I pronounce that right, Lothraxian? Anyway, they say thank you, love the podcast and the site, Mezafen." Um, Veramothras, you know what? The last time I went through the Broken Isles experience, um, I made it a point to like scan that entire crowd to look for him and I couldn't find him. I don't think he was in that big old pile of demons with Gul'dan. Did you see him there, Rossi? Not only did I not see him, I just went and looked up on like both the, uh, Pedias and he's not mentioned in either of them. Okay. There were a whole bunch of other ones of them, including Tychondrius. But yeah, yeah Tychondrius was there, and Malganus was there, Balnazar um, was there. I thought I was wrong, but I thought Varimothras was in was the dude in the beginning of the Ashbringer chain, but that was not Varimothras. No, no, that was Balnazar. Bal- yeah. No, the last time he's been seen, the last time there's any mention of him or you've seen in the game, was patch three point three point zero because that's when they changed him out. It was the battle for the Undercity. 
Well, he yeah. he actually Battle of the Undercity was before this. He still, if you hadn't done Battle of the Undercity yet before patch three point three point zero, you'd still see him. Yeah. But after that, they just said, nope, he's gone canonically, and that is the last time that he has been in the game. So, do you guys think he's going to show up at some point? I would like him to, because come on, it's Varimathras. I think it would be great to find out that he's secretly been X person all along. Uh, except I have a fear. I fear they'll make him Nathanos. And I don't want that. No, 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 no. That's my fear. It's not what I want. It's what I'm afraid of. Because it would make sense. Like, if you're going to, if you're Varimathras and you want to, like, keep messing with Sylvanas, who is the best person to be? It would be Nathanos. Because Nathanos yeah. is right there. That's, that's her guy. If you want to, like, basically have the same role you had before, then you'd go for that. I don't want that to be the case. So I'd rather Varimathras was, like, in some other position somewhere else. But that's what scares me is that idea. Hmm. What yeah, do you think, um, Alex? I hope, I also hope it's not Nathanos or like anybody. Like, obviously, he's a dreadlord. People are going to say Jaina, and oh my God, am I tired of hearing that? But I hope it's not that either. Um, yeah, it would be cool to have him come back doing some kind of dastardly deed. He's Cadgar. Sure. We can go with that. <laughs> honestly, you know who I honestly would think he might be? Who? Um, either Denath Trollbane or Sarfang. Because. They both seemingly get shot down by demons. Then they're fine. They're just back. You don't know what happened or how they got back or anything like that. They're just fine. That is weird. I mean, if you're going to replace somebody with a Dreadlord, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with the whole Scarlet Crusade thing in the first place. Sidon Dathrothan, yeah, exactly. Dathrothan wandered off and then wandered back like nothing had happened. Only in the meantime, off screen, he'd been killed and a demon took his place. Hmm. That that whole thing with... Sarfang and What's-His-Face is weird. Uh, you fly down to the Broken Isles, they get shot down, uh, you get murdered, you have to go to, what, Wow Valhalla, <laughs> and saved by Valkyr, and you go back to Dalaran, and they're like, oh, I'm fine. I don't know what happened to you, I'm good. Is this part of, like, the warrior thing, or? Yes, yeah. oh, yes okay. it is. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't actually die, you just get, like, you know... It's, it's really weird if you're playing an arms warrior in it and you have second wind because you start healing immediately. So you're healed up to full and you're just like, why can't I get up? I'm fine. But yeah, yeah you, you basically, yeah, you, you, you do this big fight. You fight this giant behemoth demon. You, you fell one of the pit lord types. You beat him, uh, but he in his last, I'll take you with me and put you down to one hit point. And you're sitting there basically on the ground with one hit point going, okay. And then the Valkyrie show up and go, it's not your time. Zwoosh. And you end up in the uh, warrior class hall. So, yeah, um, you're not the first person, Mezafen, to wonder about Varimathras. I've I've been kind of wondering if he was going to show up, too, and try to keep an eye out for him. But as of yet, haven't seen him. Maybe if he doesn't show up this expansion, maybe he'll show up next expansion. I don't know. In, like, a bigger role. That'd be cool. I miss him. He was there, cool. There certainly is some possible room for that. Yeah. Because you remember when you were doing, like, Horde-side uh, Battle for Undercity. Yeah. And there's that weird voice yelling at him through the portals, and you never find out who it is. Yeah, and in the voice files, it said that it was Sargeras, but it was never, like, actually referenced in game anywhere. So it's like, yeah. oh, well, that was just the file name. It's not. Yeah, but whoever it is, it was somebody powerful enough to give him, you know, to give Varimathras the grief. Yeah. And they were very much upset with him for not pulling. If Varimathras had pulled it off, we'd be getting Legion immediately after like, Warlord, I mean, after uh, Wrath of Lich King. Yeah. It would have been Wrath of Lich King. We're in the middle of Wrath of Lich King. Now it's Legion because that's what he was trying to do. Yeah. He was trying to do the exact same thing. So. Okay. Well, our next question is from Julian Baragorn on Cadgar. 
who says, hello, everyone. Thanks again for the shout out for my wife and answering my questions in episode 89 meant a lot to me. I have another question, though. Is Cordana Felsong actually a traitor? I finally defeated her for my Warlock Order Hall campaign, and her dialogue and that of other NPCs makes me think she's a traitor to the Wardens. I thought in Warlords during the legendary ring quest line, she picked up the black orb of control thingy that allowed Goldon to control Garona and thus to control her. Guess not. And she was always evil. Thanks again, guys. Baragorn. So Cordana, traitor or no? She traitor or is she just corrupt? Um, her name is Felsong, so she's made poor life choices somewhere. <laughs> she's just living up to her name. I don't there really was, know. There were some hints that she was displeased with Cadgar's behavior. Uh, she really didn't like it when Cadgar tortured uh, Garona. Like that bothered her. I remember that much. Yeah, she was not happy with what was going on there, and that kind of drove her. And then the Orb of Dominion corrupted her, theoretically. Like, made her bad. But the whole reason... I don't know. Her whole reasoning at the end of the Legendary Quest chain was a little odd and a little off to begin with. So I'm not sure what to think about that. Was she a traitor to the Wardens? Yes, absolutely, because she joined up with Gul'dan's team. She's Team Burning Legion now. See, here's the thing. Um... I don't see the Wardens as the kind of people who accept I was mind-controlled as an excuse. No. And That's these are weak. Not, That's being yeah, weak. <laughs> these, are, these are not, you know, my Ev Shadow Song is not the forgiving type. Uh, it would have been better to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, they would have been happier to die. Like, if she if she just died, then it would have been fine. That would have been no problem. She died heroically fighting the Legion. But... Coming back and helping the Legion get into the vault of the Wardens, yeah, I don't care that you know you were unhappy with what Kagar was doing, and and keep in mind that Maya was mad at Kagar over this, like like furious. She she flat out said, "What happened? I sent one of my people with you, and she comes back to me a traitor. Like, what is this? What did yeah. you do?" She she was very much blaming Kagar as well. So there's you get the sense that the Wardens aren't tremendously forgiving of this sort of thing. I. I kind of feel like we don't know enough about Cordana. She was just kind of in the background for most of Warlords. And then she did a thing. And then we kill her. I don't think we know a lot about her motivations. Or like, every now and then, she... Unless I'm remembering her quotes wrong, she kind of like hints at a much longer story to her life that we know nothing about. Like, she references it, but we didn't see any of it or hear any of it or read anything about it. Now, we know that one of the things we do know is that Cordana actually managed to get a lot of demon hunters to join the, the Burning Legion. Like it's, Cordana is tempting them. You see that when you're doing Azuna. Well, yeah. I mean, we see that, we see that in Azuna, but like she occasionally – again, maybe I'm remembering her quotes wrong. This is completely possible. But in like the fight, it seemed to me she was hinting at something that was going on in her life and her experiences before we ever met her like in-game, like stuff that predates Warlords. But we don't know any of that. So we can't really know the extent of her motivations. I'm willing to agree with that. No, I'm not sure what's going on with her. I would say that insofar as the Wardens are concerned, is Cordana a traitor? Yes, because she's not working for the Wardens anymore. She's working for the Burning Legion. How that came to be doesn't matter. She's still a traitor. Um, and they don't have that whole kind of caveat of, oh, well, you were just corrupted or, oh, you were mind controlled. No, it's... It's black and white as far as the wardens are concerned. Yeah. You're either she, with them or not. And she, she is failed. Not. 
She had a task. She failed. She had a task. She failed. And I know that in the um, audio, the audio drama thing that they had with uh, Kadgar, Kadgar and Maiev exchanged a few words about that. And Maiev was not happy with Kadgar because she felt that he had failed Cordana. Um, And she was also not happy about that because some of Cordana's reports were questionable, to say the least, insofar as what Kadgar was up to. So there was a little bit of crankiness going on there. If you haven't checked out that audio drama, the Tomb of Sargeras one, you should. Um, If you don't feel like listening to it, you can download the PDF and just read it like a short story. Um, Totally worth it. Because there's a lot of back and forth that goes on there, particularly involving Cordana. So it's worth it. Anyway, um, our next email, you know what? This is probably going to be our last one because we are running a little bit low on time. But this is from um, Siobhan, who says, Hi, guys. I play an orc enhancement shaman on an RP realm, and I'm still a little hung up on artifacts. I always played her as having followed shamanism after going through the lethargy and being inspired by Thrall. So getting the doom hammer handed down to me was probably as satisfying an artifact quest line it could possibly be for anyone. And yet, while I've never had any interest in playing an elemental shaman, the doom hammer feels like it fits that spec more to me. The dual wielding even feels forced and awkward. What's more is that while doom hammer is debatable, the fists of Raden are absolutely an enhancement weapon. Why does a caster have to deal with Zwen as part of their quest line? And how come ranged DPS get a weapon that's clearly designed to get up close and personal it just doesn't make sense to me so my questions are do you think these weapons were switched around late in development maybe because thrall is sort of enhancement is he are there any other artifacts that feel to you like they've been paired with the wrong spec or class race and faction aside i know that's another issue for people thanks so much siobhan um i think this is a complicated question because the it is shaman npcs do not fit world of warcraft game mechanics not really, no. They um, do a little bit of everything. Thrall definitely uses the Doomhammer in Melee in Heroes of the Storm, but in Warcraft 3, he was not like a World of Warcraft shaman. World of Warcraft shaman is very different. He was a Farseer and he did other stuff. He so... was a Warcraft 3 shaman, which didn't really... There wasn't a direct rip of that particular set of abilities and that tool set to go into World of Warcraft. It kind of shifted and changed a little bit because they needed the different specs. Yeah, and you have so you have they have to make the dual wielding situation because they have to balance melee shaman around dual wielding, but the iconic shaman weapon is a one-handed hammer, so yeah, they kind of had to force it to work. See, so, yeah, quite frankly, it would have been easier to them just to go back to the way shamans were in vanilla, go with the class fancy, give them a big two-hander, done. Big two-hander. Yeah, yeah but yeah, the I mean, hammer isn't even a two-hander. Yeah, it is. It's just you know kind of goofy looking. It it's, it's was, anyway. It's just yeah. a, a big orc one-hander. <laughs> See, I, I don't know. I think you just have it be in your... I, I don't think that any of those weapons were switched around at any point in development. Because, I mean, we jumped in and we were in alpha pretty much since the beginning. And it was always a Doomhammer. Yeah, they, yeah they, and That was always, always enhancement. Your yeah, other shaman character in that has become kind of one of the iconic shaman in World of Warcraft, or Warcraft in general, rather, is Rhaegar. And uh, in Heroes of the Storm, which doesn't necessarily reflect other games or media, in Heroes, he's a support character and he punches people with fists. Yep. As yeah. a healer. So. And it's actually interesting. There was a caster fist weapon back in, in Wrath, that all that enhancement, I mean, that elemental and uh, 
resto used. It was it dropped in um oh Obsidian Sanctum. It was it was pretty cool. It was a caster fist. They Which were, one was that? It's I don't remember the name. I just know that it existed. There was one in Nax too, actually. And, oh, okay, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I remember the one in Nax because I was kind of mad because I was playing a rogue at the time, and I'm like, why is this a caster weapon? You know what? Yeah. I just remembered. <laughs> I just remembered for these artifacts. Didn't they say? Didn't they say something specifically that they gave fist weapons to the caster because that was the only way to make the weapon visible while casting? I think so. Like, they didn't have animations for, like, swinging a staff or anything. They're like, well, we want people to be able to see these. We'll make them fist weapons so they're at least on your hands or something right. like that. I always found it a little bit weird because, you know, I went from my shaman, my, my... Now, keep in mind, I do have an elemental shaman. Um, I used a staff, like, through everything. And maybe I should have been using a one-hander and a shield. I don't know. But the fact that I'm using a one-hander and a shield now feels really weird. It feels like that should be a restoration thing. But here I am with my shield for some reason, even though I'm ranged, I can protect myself from I'm whatever. Sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a hammer and a shield is how Shaman always did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just style wise and aesthetic wise, I went with a staff because I like staffs. I think they look cool. But um, the shield thing on a ranged character never made sense to me and it still doesn't make sense to me why would you have a shield if you're standing very far away from the thing that you're fighting it's a hold it's a holdover from when uh shaman were very much intended to be a up close in every spec thing and kind yeah. of tanky sometimes sort of thing yeah but uh, it's funny i don't think any weapon is deliberately like i don't think they switched anything around like that do any but, other ones feel off to you i was gonna say quite frankly I feel a little weird about the Valajar war swords. Um, not because they're bad or anything. I actually like them quite a bit. But we have three swords. Like warriors yeah. have sword and shield, big two-handed sword, and then two two big-handed swords. It's like, well, couldn't we have gotten like, couldn't these be the war axes of the Valajar or something? I, I it just feels a little strange. Um, I don't. I'm not saying it's mismatched so much as it just feels kind of like sword, sword, sword. Like couldn't we have, like used another weapon here, guys? I don't know. Um, yeah. The rogue, the rogue, um, the rogue cutlass. I really like the the outlaw weapon, but I'm not tremendously knocked out by them having then two daggers, like daggers and then daggers again. It's like um, you could have gone with axes, you could have gone with fist weapons, you could have gone with maces. Uh, you, you went with two sets of daggers and then two a set of do- a swords. It's just like I feel like you dropped the ball here. A lot of this, this stuff. I mean, it's not that it's bad, and a lot of the artifacts are really cool. I mean, but I, I do feel like sometimes that they didn't really get very original with it. About rogues, to be fair, I'm the kind of person where if I'm not using daggers or swords on my rogues, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Like maces, I'm a rogue. Like, okay, yeah, there's like the whole clunk somebody overhead and knock them out. But like wading into battle as a sneaky rogue with hammers? No. Axes? No. What? Swords or daggers is what it's got to be. I think the only one that really bothers me, like just bothers me on a lore level, is the fact that we're using the daggers that Garona used to kill King Lane. Yes. Why would we ever, why would we ever carry those around? Like, that's, no, why would we do that? <laughs> and it still doesn't make sense to me. Being a human I, rogue is kind of weird in Legion. It's like, okay, a human I'm gonna... rogue, a human rogue. You're going to you're going to wield the daggers that cut out the heart of your king. Yeah. While and working I... for an organization that's 
doesn't like kings at all. Called yeah, the I'd Uncrowned. Fun, yeah, yeah that's great. Before, but uh, yeah, I'm a human rogue going to join an organization uh, called the Uncrowned, and I'm pretty sure my people are the only ones that still have a king. For now. Yeah. Also, um, I will say this much too. Uh, I love the holy paladin weapon, the silver hand. I think it's great. But I still sometimes feel like that should have been the, the ret weapon. And then they should have had a completely different weapon for holy. And they shouldn't have used the Ashbringer at all. And I don't know if that's just me being sour grapesy because it's like the that's just you being sour grapesy. I think the Ashbringer's fine. I, just, I don't know. <laughs> sometimes I feel like it doesn't. I don't know. It kind of looks clunky and not as cool as the other artifacts sometimes. I, I Like I said, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just me being sour grapesy. I am willing to admit that it might be that. I do like I, I like the um, arms weapon quite a bit, but I also feel I know that people have problems with race stuff, and this person didn't put that in there. But it does feel weird to see anybody but a human using that sword. Like my night elf using the sword that was the sword of human kings. I feel kind of strange about it. I'm like, well, it's certainly a very nice sword, but I, I guess have, I'm I guess I'm king of the humans now. I have no attachment to that part of the game lore. So Stremkar isn't like ancient sword of humans to me. It's just like, it's just a big sword. Kind of boring, honestly. I play Arms Warrior. I love playing it, but I don't care about that guy who died however long ago. I've never seen this thing before. Whatever. Everybody think, can have one. I think every druid weapon that I've gotten has fit. I like them all. I like how they all fit in, and I think they were designed great. I just, it's the rogue one that really gets me. I'm like, why would we ever carry around these blades why would we look for them i could see orcs doing it why would orcs care orcs be like yeah orcs we killed, might we be king but why would garona even like y- you know i just i don't oh yeah she's there isn't she isn't she like going gives you the quest to get them i don't understand why you would ever pick them up i murdered one of my best friends with these two swords could you go get them and use them daggers they're daggers but still at the same time it's like why would you ever pick those up you know that just doesn't make any sense to me. Do they have yeah. a lot of history? Yes, but why would you use them? <laughs> I think um, it I, turns I think out the, that they, the the horde's gonna. I mean, the legion's gonna reanimate Lane and send him at us, and like ah. The only ones I really have a problem with are when they tried to build it up to being really big in a way that doesn't make sense with the game world. Like yeah. um, I think the cutlasses for outlaw rogues super cool. The Dreadblades, yeah, they look the cool, but they don't they really have cool. much in the way of history. But it's like, okay, uh, they belonged to this pirate captain who had blades given to her by the Burning Legion, and his, she has spent years like wiping out entire towns. Which ones? This is There's the first we've ever heard of her. You'd think we'd have heard about this lady. I mean, if she's been like destroying civilizations across Azeroth for so many years, like I would have known about her. Yeah. But, You'd think um, word would have gotten around at some point. Yeah. But the, then, the you know, the question becomes, well, what would you put there in its place? And they don't really have anything. So they had to make something up. So they made something yeah. up, which, okay, that's cool. I understand that. If you have to make something up from scratch, go right ahead. But Garona's daggers? Really? <laughs> and I'm probably going to be hung up on that throughout the expansion. I'm just not going to get over it. I hate the fact that I play an assassination rogue because it means that... It, when I actually get around to doing my artifact quest, which I have not done yet, by the way, I'm going to have to wield those things, and I don't like it. I may just transmog them to something else because I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with them. <laughs> and I don't even play a human rogue. But anyway, uh, that kind of wraps us up for emails. Unless you guys have something else you want to say about the weapon thing. No, I'm good. 
Okay. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been Blizzard Watch Podcast. If you have an email for us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We like getting on any topic and subject, so just make sure to put um, you know, Blizzard Watch Podcast in the title so we know it's for this one and not the other one. Uh, I'm Marassi. I'm your host. Uh, thank you guys very much for being here, and we won't see you next week, but you, these guys will talk to you about Blizzard and Blizzard Watch and Blizzard Con and all that good stuff when they do their road trip. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.